Welcome to the Soul Tribe Podcast. The Soul Tribe Podcast was created to help you navigate through the world of spirituality, wellness, and self-development in an easy, grounded, and relatable way. We break down everything from the Akashic Records, manifesting, spirituality, and so much more. We want to help expand your boundaries and bring the spiritual world to you in a fun and easy way. Get ready to be inspired with tips, tools, and easy-to-digest information. Let's do this. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Another. Another <laughs> episode of the Soul Drive podcast. I think we should normally I'd be like edit that, but I'm like let's just leave it. Let's leave it. <laughs> Real and raw. <laughs> So here, we're back with another episode of the Soul Tribe Podcast, and um, well, today's today's um, subject that we're going to talk about came up as a discussion on our Patreon, in our Patreon group on Telegram, and um, I thought it was a really interesting thing to talk about, because there was, everybody has questions, and it's something that's very confusing, and there's a lot of stuff in this world that has to do with that, so uh, I, th- I think it's a really good subject to touch upon. Yeah, so maybe you can explain what that subject is. Yes, of course I would. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, time out, time out. Lucia's a little bit... um, What? What am I? We had some technical issues. Some? I've just been 30 (laughs) minutes trying to get my mic, like, it would record my voice, but the audio, it wouldn't play back anywhere. It was so weird. It was like It's Mercury retrograde until the 18th. We're recording on the 16th, so... Oh. Of course, there's issues here. There's issues, technical so, yeah, so you, issues. So now I'm, I'm sounding a bit weird because I'm like, it's like I use all my neurons to, fit, to, fit, to fix the, te- te- the technological yeah. issue. But anyways, I am here. Um, yeah, so the, so the subject is about, it, it, I don't I remember how the subject was like brought up. It was a question that one, one of the members asked and we were all kind of like trying to put in our own nuggets of information or what we know. Um, and it is like, what's where's the boundary like or where what's the difference between like mental health issues and and like the spiritual world and things like it's it's I find that it there's a very thin line mm-hmm. like a really thin line but not every case but in a lot of cases there's a very thin line between someone that might be having some sort of mental issue and it, it could not be just channeling it could be that the person's having the, the dark night of the soul maybe they're not having depression maybe it's the dark night of the soul Maybe they're they're going through a lot because they're going through like all these 3D, 4D, 5D changes. Maybe they're going through that and they think that they're going through something like weird and they don't understand what it is. I think there's a lot of spiritual stuff that happened to us that we can easily, in the world we live in now, we can easily confuse it with some sort of mental disorder, mental health, or just health issue in general, right? Of course. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think also something that comes to mind when we talk about this and this isn't exactly what you're saying, but also when we talk about opening somebody's Akashic records, you know, something that our teachers were very, very kind of clear on was that you wouldn't open somebody's records if they were, if they had some kind of mental health issue, not depression or something like that, but we're talking like schizophrenia where they're not, they're not completely grounded in the human experience or in their mental state. Um, because that could, that could create more problems really. Um, but also it won't help the person 
And we really need to make sure that we keep that in mind. We talk about that on our level two course. That's something that we, we mention, but, um, I think that's interesting. Also, I have read people that have had that scenario and when they've gotten out of this, I don't know if you would call it like episode when they've gotten out of the episode, like there is, I don't think that they're fully, you know, I don't think they're fully aware of what happened to them or they understand everything. But I, I have read people that have gone through episodes like that at some point um, because I considered it. I, I checked. I che- the first thing I did was check with the Kashuk Records to see if I can. So I would have the name of the person and say, you know, is it okay for me? And I've gotten the responses like yes or I've gotten the responses no at times. And sometimes I've gotten the response with the record saying give them a few months um, to clear some yeah. things up before. So th- that's, that's the trick to ask, to ask if you're doubting it, but if they're middle, of, if they're in the middle of having an episode, then no, then definitely not. Of course not. Yeah. You would never, you would never. Yeah. There people are very vulnerable in that space and they're very, they're like sponges, right. Of receiving information and how it's perceived can be very skewed at moments. But also something that really comes to mind that I think we should get into as well in this episode is talking about spiritual gifts. Yes, definitely. And how sometimes, and this is where I think we've both been maybe more you than me because of your kind of gifts that you had and how you were connecting to premonitions and stuff, how people can perceive you as like there's something wrong with you. But actually, it's your spiritual <laughs> yeah. gifts coming through. I think a lot of people in our community talk about this. They're like, you know, my mom thinks I'm crazy, or my dad thinks that there's something wrong with me because I talk about these things, or or I feel like I'm channeling, and I'm giving advice, or I'm helping people in this way or that way. So I think that's something that I want to get into because I feel like there's a lot of people that feel alone, and you're not alone. You're not alone at all. And I think the more we can sit in our gifts and acknowledge them and use them, the more that energy kind of leaves your life. Because part of that resistance that you have to fully going into it, and there might be some shame, you know, for some of us, it might be shame because of religion or different things that have come up in our lives that don't allow us to fully sit in our our spiritual gifts. Yeah, I think some and, of that might be like the person yeah. believes in this thing over here, they feel to be true. They don't really have the the theoretical aspects of it to back back their belief yeah. system up. And there might be a fear of bringing it up to your family or friends or, you know, close contacts because you're scared. They'd be like, well, why do you believe that? That's, that's, that's crazy. Or that's, you know, that sounds like la 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 and da da da, whatever. And like, you don't really know how to back that up. So you don't want to bring it up. Like that's a thing as well. Yeah, totally. So Yeah. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. And like, I, do you remember I used to say this when I was, I don't know, I was pretty young. I used to say joking around because I was always treated as like a bit insane. Yeah. I, I never really cared, but I remember I used to crack up and say, I'm so sane that I seem crazy. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, even just looking at how mom and dad sometimes saw you, like even just that the internal side of that, like just the way you live your life. You know, I think that could be even take away the spiritual stuff. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. In my entire life, I, w- I was used to people being like, what? And it's funny because if someone stayed in my life long enough, 
at the end they'd be like, yeah, she always figures it out. It always kind of works out. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's just, that's, that's what she does. It's who she is. It's like almost people became accepting at some point, but yeah, there was a time when you're figuring yourself out and you're really young and you just have to tell people that you're actually super sane. You just seem crazy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. My, my madman laugh. <laughs> I think it's, it's, the perception of spirituality, I think, is becoming more normal. More people are talking about gifts and spirituality and channeling and giving advice and coaching and all this stuff. But there's still like a stigma to it. I think there's still people that they feel like it threatens whatever they already believe. And I think that's where it's like, oh, you're crazy or there's something wrong with you. It's like, no, actually, I, I'm helping people. I'm really sitting in these gifts that I have, and I know they're they're helping people wake up. I think I think sometimes it takes time for us to understand that about ourselves so that we can sit in the power that we have with our gifts. And there's always resistance to it at the beginning, right? And I think there's there's like a little like going back and forth, like, oh, is this okay? Should I do it? Should I not do it? And you have to trust. Humanity like, is um, very like you have to see it to believe it. So now you're asking yeah. everyone to believe something that they can't actually yet, because we will at some point, but we can't actually yet confirm, and they can't see it on a day-to-day basis, but just believe it. So like, I understand how hard it might be, especially for people that are coming from very, very rigid backgrounds, where like, you know, follow, a, follow a, a, a plan, follow a life plan, follow a structure, you know, follow all these rules. And then you come with this stuff that people can't confirm or, or like see it's, it's, it's asking, it's asking the person to really broaden their perspective. And that's not something that humanity is used to. That's where we're heading to. That's where everyone should be going. And again, we know that some people are not going to get there, but that's where a lot of people are going to be going that aren't there yet. So we're, we will get there. We will get there. Yeah. But okay, let's, let's hit upon what you were just saying in the, in the beginning, which was the abilities. I think, and of course, we're not doctors. <laughs> we're not therapists of that sort. So like what we're saying are just things that we've observed and we'd experienced from our time with the Akashic Records and doing readings and with talking to people and things like that. And what I personally have observed is that there's a lot of individuals who might be labeled or even think to themselves that they're crazy or that they're being, they need an exorcism because something's taking over them or they need help in that sort of way or schizophrenia maybe or multiple disorders. I don't know. Like there's so many labels that I could name that might be at some point, some of those cases confused with someone that's actually either has some sort of ability, whether that's channeling, whether it's receiving information I think that there's a lot of humans here that have abilities who've never been presented with the idea of this even existing on our plane. Like being guided in that direction to channel it in a healthy way. Yes. And so it's almost like they just right away, it's like it, as soon as they think it's something negative happening to them, then it does convert into something negative. And mm-hmm. I think that's when the spiral begins. But look, just we don't have to go that far. Like, look at you with your premonition dreams. You were going, you were going into this energy that it felt like you're like, I can't do this anymore. It's like a desperation because you weren't moving in the direction of channeling, of connecting, of using your 
your energy for something other than, like you said, thinking. Yeah. I was supposed to, my, my, my spiritual team was trying to, I'm a, you know, we all know by now, whoever hears me, I'm an extremist. So you're not going to wake me up unless you give me an extreme scenario. scenario. And so that was the scenario that, that my spiritual team seemed to think was the most adequate way to wake me up, to get me on path. And I mean, when I got my reading and I got my first Akashic readings because of that, that I lived, the, the message, the most important message I received was, we need you to start seeing the world the way it really is. Right. And so it was yep. a lot of like my soul telling me off and telling me, Hey dude, like stop, stop it with all this other stuff that, you know, all the drama of life in general, just like this over here, this is what you're here to do. So it was an extreme scenario that I was living through. And in the case of these people that like might have abilities, it might be that they're receiving messages from their loved ones. Maybe they're mediums or they're receiving messages from their spiritual team or even their higher self because they're channelers. Yeah. And they think that there's some sort of negative energy possibly bothering them. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But maybe it's not. We, yeah. I mean, each case was is different, right? We, we don't want to like generalize here either. We're Like we said, we're talking yeah. through experience and what we get and what we're channeling. But I agree with what you're saying. Like, it just feels a little bit as though, I don't know. I feel like a lot of us are here to connect with gifts and some of us never get to connect with it. And I feel like when we're put in these extreme cases where it's affecting our mental health and not to say that every time somebody's having a mental health issue or disorder or something that it means it's spiritual. We're not saying that either. No, we're saying a lot of times when the person is conscious, they know what's going on, they're aware of it and they know that they're holding themselves back I find like that usually to me feels like it's kind of like what happened to you. It's like a wake up call. You have to get into this situation that feels all consuming. It feels like it's, it's, it's literally pushing you in one direction or the other and not in the sense of mental health, but it's affecting your, it's giving you a symptom. It's giving you something in your body. That's it's like, Oh my God, what's going on? Like I have to pay attention to this and I need to listen to myself. Um, and obviously there's cases where people are here, unfortunately to experience certain mental health conditions for whatever reason that is we don't know we're not we're not going to go into that but a lot of times it can be like you said a very fine line and also because of what people are saying to that person well I, uh, yeah but then the other thing i want to introduce here is remember that we always have we live in a dual world so there is positive energies and there are negative energies I, I now change that word to the opposing side, aka they oppose the evolution of humanity. They oppose the evolution of our souls and our expansion, right? So you might have, and I say the more important you are, the more probability you have of being bothered, possibly bothered by these oppo- the opposing side energies. Because if you're a really important puzzle piece to a lot of people's evolution and receiving messages and people getting better or aligning themselves. If you come with a lot of really good abilities, you haven't been placed in an environment where you've been able to naturally evolve it, comprehend it, control it, understand it and nurture it. Then now the opposing side might take, might take advantage of that channel because it's a wide open channel Mm -hmm. because even if the person doesn't know that they have it, 
it's still like, it's like a champagne bottle. It popped open. You cannot stop the, the fizzy stuff from coming out. Like the channels, once the channel's open, the channel's open and now you're open to whatever energy. And in the cases of a lot of people that I feel have mental health issues, some of those people I think are really strong with their abilities. Their, their champagne bottle popped open, but maybe they're in an environment where they're like, maybe they're doing drugs because they're teenagers and they're rebellious or maybe because they just went down the wrong, the wrong path in life because we still have free will, even though our soul chose that we could still make the wrong decision. And now maybe we're in a negative environment or a negative place. And now that bottle that's open, all these opposing side entities are like, oh, dude, let's go over there. This channel's open. We can do something with that, you know? And also at the same time, we'll stop them from doing that really great work that they're here to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that that happens as well. What does that mean? That means that as soon as someone thinks that they might have the ability, learn to control it. That's how you, you empower yourself. That's once you know you control it and you, you, you're the one that says who can contact you and who cannot contact you. You learn the method, your method. Yeah. Whatever that is. And everybody's different. So it's, it's, you know, it's like you have to figure out, are you a medium? Are you a channeler? Are you like, are you experiencing, are you an empath? Like, what is it? You have to start figuring out. What are you connecting out, to? Yeah. How does it work for you? Where, what is it, what is it, does it trigger at some point? Like, for example, when I first started with the Akashic Records, I remember that my, my Akashic Records would pop, would pop open in the beginning without me wanting them to. And you know what? I, it took me a really long time to realize this. When people were really emotionally unstable and spending more than like an hour around me, like close proximity with me, and they were very emotionally stable, usually had to do with like a relationship ending or they're having a really bad time, they would open. And I would like, Get, I would start getting dizzy if I didn't say, do you remember that? I would start getting dizzy if I didn't tell yep. the person what I was getting. I just wasn't controlling it very well yet. And I didn't know that about myself. Mm, interesting. Well, mine have opened on their own quite a few times. Not so much anymore, actually, now that you're saying that. I felt like a, like a year or so ago, it was like, bam, I'd be like, oh, they're open. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, and I think... That's why I loved and why for some people when they do a reading with me and they ask me, should I learn to read my own Akashic Records or should I learn to read others? Everybody's information is different and we're all here to do different things. But for, for some people, it's, a, it's like a yes, because not, not just because it's the Akashic Records. Yes, because it gives you a method. When you start with that method. On. Yeah, exactly. You have an opening verse. You have a closing verse. You can choose when you connect. You can choose when you close. And for a lot of people, they might be connecting, but they're not trusting it. So I think this is the same kind of concept of like, maybe your method isn't going to be the Akashic Records, but it could help you start to control it. It can like help you start to find a method around it because through that you can, you can find your way. It's. I always remember the you way know, my teacher explained it. No, go ahead. I was just thinking like this, to me, a clear example of what you're talking about would be like people who are like mediums that all of a sudden spirits show up. And if they don't start putting those, those boundaries of like, yeah, office hours are from nine to five, it's I mean, six o'clock. We interviewed yeah. Laura Lee, right? Who, exactly. Who yeah. said that she had to put office hours to tell them like, yeah. no, man, this yeah. is what boundaries. I, I, my time. Boundaries apply for our normal everyday life to our spiritual life. We should get Laura Lee back on, by the way. 
Yeah, I liked her a lot, actually. Yeah. I'll write that down so I don't forget. Yeah. Yeah, and I was thinking about Roberta Grimes to recontact her. Maybe we can get her back on as well. I'd love for her to talk about other things. And this time, maybe you can have some good internet. (laughs) I have great internet now. (laughs) Man, that was was awful. It would be great to do video so we can show the video and people can see her. That'd be nice. Yeah. So wait, so you were saying, you were saying something that I was almost similarly thinking before you said that, the office hours. I was thinking about the way my teacher tried to explain. So this is when you first became an Akashic, like you did the course, you learned to read the Akashic records, right? And you're probably opening them and all that stuff. Um, And I think this goes for also people that are mediums and channels and stuff that, you know, you become like that mosquito light, you know, like the zapper thingy for mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Like you, as soon as, let's say you did the Kasha records course, you start opening and closing your records. You became now that, that mosquito zapper thingy. And now all the mosquitoes are all these, all these beings that want to communicate. Let's say if it's a medium, like now all these people that are beings that like have crossed over or semi crossed over, want to communicate with their loved ones and you're passing by. Oh, her, her, she can, she can hear me. She can see me. Right. In the case of Akashic Records, you've now become a channel and you're also, you're, you're able to be seen. I don't think it works the same as a medium. It's more like you're that open channel. Are you putting your terms? Are you properly closing and opening it? Are you making sure not to open them up when you go to sleep and all these things, right? As long as you kind of go through all the process of the things that we teach to protect yourself, that mosquito light, you're in control of it. You could switch off the zapper before you go to sleep, right? And they won't be bothered. Totally. I didn't take that seriously when I first started. And I don't know if you remember my stories of the things that happened to me. Mm -hmm. I can remember, and I don't know if I talked about it in the podcast, but this will never leave, leave me because I could, I can't believe that this, I still can't believe this happened to me. Like, you know, when something happened, you go, did that really happen though? Like it really, really, (laughs) is that reality? I was living alone in the apartment in Montevideo. So I was, you weren't there. It was just me and my cat Felipe. Oh, I miss him so much. Okay, so um, Felipe always slept usually either above my head, which is such a protective thing, right? Like I got him, as soon as I became an Akashic Records reader, I said, I need a cat to help protect me. And it was funny because he sometimes would lay literally like his legs between my head. So his like stomach was on the top of my head. It was the cutest Aww. thing. Yeah. And then, and then usually if not, he was sleeping like Buddha does. Like my current cat, he sleeps literally between my legs, like above the knees, like where like you can barely wow. turn around in bed, right? <laughs> You're like, God. Um, so he was always there because we lived alone. There was no one else to go and cuddle to. And he would sleep at night like me and play during the day. And one night I remember, and I was going through kind of like a not so great energy moment, like not so great personal plays. I was not protecting myself. I was not taking care of my channel. I was not really double checking to make sure it closed. And nah, nah, nah. so I was it was bad. Like I, sh- I should have known better, but I learned my lesson now. And one night I went to go to sleep and I remember something, first of all, I felt something grab the bottom, like under my ankles. I felt that. And I said, no, that did not just, I, and I'm like, no, that is not. No. And this is a room where like, where you would have those curtain things where the room is completely pitch dark. You can't it's see anything. Yeah. yeah. Those rooms were able to go completely black even if it was daylight out. And I was like, oh my God, no, that's not. And I was like, trying to convince myself that I didn't just feel that because it woke me up. So I felt around my ankles and then I was like, okay, no, no, no. And I was convincing myself and I was going to try to go back to sleep. And then that's when I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was like, uh, uh, uh. and I felt something trying to go inside through like my mouth. Like I could feel it. 
And I realized, and this has happened to me when I was little. This happened to me also like a few times after that. It hasn't happened, thankfully, after I sailor cursed Kevin Bacon, but it happened quite a few times. <laughs> sailor cursed. <laughs> yeah, like a, like a, like a sailor. Yeah. Um, but my interpretation in the moment was it was trying to like bring itself in, like, like take, it, they can push your soul. It can push your soul aside, supposedly it's this whole thing. Right. But anyways, I realized it was happening. And so I couldn't speak. I couldn't scream at it. I couldn't say anything in my head. I was, I was telling go away, like all this stuff. Like I don't give you permission. And I don't know how I know to do that. But ever since I was a little girl, I knew to do that. I knew that as soon as I said, I do not give you permission. You do not have my permission. This is my space. This is my body. This is my house. You cannot be here. Like I, I somehow knew how to say that since I was little. So I did all that, th- all that. And all I know is that I sit up, sat up on my bed and I said, where's Felipe? And I was Lorena looking for him. I was in, in, I was seeing in my head that I was going to snap his neck. Lorena, I was looking for the cat to kill him. Oh my I was, gosh. I got up out of the bed. I never felt anger in my life. Like I felt that, like I didn't, I don't know what that, like I, I can't explain to you what anger feels like. The anger that I felt, it was awful. And I was all over the place looking for the cat. Mind you, it's a small apartment. It's, it's and, small, there's, yeah. and there's not a lot of places to hide. I don't, till this day, I don't know how he managed to hide from me. Hmm. But thankfully, after a while, I gained control of my, my mind back. And I said, what am I doing? No, what am-? it's like I had enough time between me finding, not being able to find the cat, feeling the rage, realizing that something that wasn't me, I was able to kind of take control over again. And then it, it just became this whole episode and I managed to like get it out. That's when I called my teacher like the next morning and I told her exactly what happened. And she told me the mosquito thing. She's like, are you protecting yourself? I said, no, not really. And did I do this? No, not really. It's like, Lucia, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. You're a channel. You're a wide open channel. You're the little mosquito zapper. Anything can come to your channel and decide that it's going to use this thing that's not properly protected. And that's when I took it seriously. That was like my massive wake up call. And you know, this it, it's interesting because I don't feel like everybody goes. To, I've I've I mean I'm a knock on wood, but I've I don't have those kind of issues that you do. You know, but you probably always protected like, yourself. I don't think so. You know, I like I said, I was. I think I talked about this in the last episode. It was like, or the episode before the last episode, where it was like, you know, I was so disconnected from spirituality. Like I couldn't connect to my Akashic records. I think it's, it's like the, when we think about in the human sense of like, what are weaknesses as well? Some people have a specific weakness, like mine's, mine could be like my throat, right? So I get, I can get lots of uh, sore throats or for some people it's, it's their bladder and they get lots of bladder infections. Like, I feel like that's, that could be a thing for people spiritually where there, there's just a weakness in their body because maybe there's like an energetic thing to that. And for you, it could be your mind. Cause you get all these dreams and things that come. And then all of a sudden it's like, it, it's crazy. Wait, what was the conclusion? <laughs> like I'm saying, it could be it was, a weakness. It's my mind? And that's why why you're that zapper. It's not because you're an Akashic Record reader. That no, helps I mean, no, open it's, up it's, the energy. I mean, that was what the teacher, that, that was the explanation the teacher gave, which I understood it. And I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just, I was not taking care of myself. And I'm not, I'm not saying that if you're not being attacked, you're not here to do good work. But there's something that I understood really quickly is, if you're here to do a lot of really good work, they want to, they want to throw you down because they don't want you to make, they, if I, if I would have never, if I would have been stopped from, if I would have been like, I'm never doing this again. No, 
forget the Kashuk records, forget the spiritual stuff, forget it, I'm done with this, we would have never done the podcast. Mm-hmm. And this was happening to me since I was a little girl. Like, and you were in the bunk bed above me, but it was happening to me. They were coming for me. Like yeah. that's what I'm saying. There's a, there's something there that was attracting. It was. It it could be gifts. that I was the catalyst for the for for us to become a thing and come on the podcast. It could be because Probably, yeah. maybe I have other past life things that they kind of followed me here. It could be so many reasons. Mm. It could be so many reasons, right? I per, I per, I mean I know that I bring a lot of I know that I br- and I've been told this not only from my cash records but people that didn't know me and didn't didn't like tarot readings and psychic readings for me like during those many years m- almost all of them at some point said that I come I bring a lot of really really um intense abilities from other lifetimes like my soul untapped or tapped into some sort of ability and somehow I was able to bring it forward into this lifetime I mean grandma saved my life and the first thing she said is when she becomes an adult, she's going to deliver messages to people. Make sure she does that. That's true, yeah. So it could have been that they just were trying to deter me. And that's why I think a lot of people that have those sort of feeling of, am I schizophrenic? Am I being taken over? Maybe they have because they're here to do really important work. It's not because you're in a bad place and because you're a bad person. It's because you're in a not such great, great energy place or you're not totally informed of your ability or not taking care of it and you're here to do good work. Yeah. Maybe. And yeah, you don't have people guiding you in the right direction or to understand. I, I, I could see easily where somebody could be getting downloads and thinking there's like a voice in their head. And so you're communicating with very out there things. I'm not, you know, you, you connect more with all that information and there's people that are downloading and connecting to extra dimensional stuff. Right. And that could, that, I mean, it's like another language. It's another energy. It could, it could be maybe scary even, and it can put someone in that fear energy and then plus the resistance. And then they could think, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. It's like, there's nothing wrong with you. You just need the right people around you. I think we were lucky in the sense of like, you know, mom was already into all the spiritual stuff. She was very open to this. Otherwise, you know, what would have happened? But the catalyst for all of that was thanks to the fact that I almost died. Of course it was, yeah. Yeah. So we were lucky because the only reason I'm alive is because of some, at the time, a psychic lady that <laughs> no one no one in the family knew that mom just like was like, I'm going to try this. This is my last chance. A healer. Psychic. It's like there was, it, in Spanish it would be creo reventa, believe or die. Yeah. Like it's believe, a, believe yeah, or explode, yeah. believe or die. Because it's like, mom, mom said it. I went there thinking that she... I'm crazy to go to this woman's house. That's the first thing mom says. She couldn't believe she's doing it, but no doctor could help. She went to every doctor possible and they were all saying, you know, your daughter's going to die. We don't know what she has. And then my mom says, this is my last chance. And she's probably, you know, I'm just crazy to go here, but I'm going to do it anyways. And somehow, thanks to that, they were, we were able to understand what was happening inside of my body and from there work with the doctors that were open to that information coming in because then you got to find a doctor that's like hey I got this lady feeding me information can you just bring that into context a little bit like she sees this and she sees that because she's not a doctor she's telling she's saying what she sees and she says tell the doctor I see this tell the doctor I feel that yeah right so Or or make sure you check this on her body and then they check it and then maybe that makes sense so that's the reason why we were lucky in the environment because we were unlucky in the beginning of the whole scenario. You know, mom had to go through all that. That's awful. Imagine that. I can't even imagine that. Going through that with Aurora. 
all these doctors telling me your daughter's going to die. I can't even imagine that that she went through. I can't even imagine it. I would just, oh my God. Yeah, no. So, yeah, I mean, we're lucky. We were lucky in that sense. At times we didn't feel that way. And I know that you felt that and I felt that too. At times I'm like, why does everything have to be spiritual time, mom? Yeah, of course. It was even like we would go to sleepovers, just like, take your protective thingy, thingy, this. Come on, I'm just going to sleepover. Leave me alone. Just let me live. Yeah. Like, like I chill remember out. that. Like, I remember being just frustrated with the whole spiritual stuff. Like, I have to protect myself my entire life. I have to protect myself. I remember telling mom when I was a teenager, I just prefer to die. This is just <laughs> annoying. <laughs> yeah, it, it's... I also don't want people to be scared being like, oh, I'm going to learn to read the Akashic Records or I'm going to go into my psychic gifts or I feel called in this area of meetings. Just just protect your energy. It's It could be very simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. Uh, and I do that, you know, I do that very simply, right? It's it doesn't not, have to be complicated. Scary. It's not scary. No. I didn't take care and of myself and I mean, and I'm, I know. And I, and I, for the most part, I just listen to my body. If I feel low energy, I make sure I compensate with something else. I'll do like salt baths, stuff like that. But I don't have the experiences you have. We're also, it's saying. different. This was, I mean, I was in my 20s. This is yeah. an era of time where the density on earth was different. Now we're going through a different time where it's much harder for these energies to do, to even play that game anymore. They're coming out of, they're coming out of their cycle. They're actually being kicked out slowly. So this isn't something that I'm even, I think that's why I haven't had the scenarios anymore either. Even though I protected myself, I was still kind of sometimes if I put my guard down a little bit, it happened, but that's me. And um, I haven't had that. So I do think that these energies are really on their way out and we're going heading to fifth. This is a different era. It's not the same thing. The thing is those people that are awake, that are ready, that feel the calling to do something like that, you cannot let something like fear of some some scenario that might happen at some point or might not happen stop you because we're going to be needed. There's a lot of people that are not even fully aware of of this, even what the cash cards are. They've never heard of the word even. Mm-hmm. And they've never even went down the spiritual path and they're going to have the confronted if they're going to do be doing their shifts. I've got, we've said it before, not everybody's going to, but there's going to be a lot of people that are going to get there eventually and that are not there yet and they're going to need someone to guide them. And not one person can do it for the whole planet. There's got to be a lot of us workers. There's going to be a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. I was actually having that conversation with mom today or yesterday. And I was like, she's like, no, because people need to. I'm like, mom, you can't force people to wake up. Like, that's not how it works. We, we, I think when we went into the pandemic and stuff like that, there's a lot of stuff that we were realizing through the Akashic Records that we had very clear, the energies around certain things. And even then, I remember saying, we can't, we're not here to convince anybody of anything. We're here to live as authentically, as open, as vulnerable as possible. And people will wake up through that. People will wake up through that. It's not telling people what to do. Because then you're in that same energy as the other side, right? It's it's providing information. It's providing that energetic connection so that people can see a different way. And then they can choose because obviously free will is huge here. Right? We talk about that all the time on the podcast. Not everybody's here to experience the same thing. And I think when we don't honor that, I think a lot of times it could be 
we can go easily into judgment and easily into feeling like we're disconnecting from ourselves. But we are in a different time. The energy is very different. So much better. I can feel it. I don't know if you feel it, but I feel it. Yeah, I like it. It doesn't mean it's easy. (laughs) No, but it's different spiritually speaking. Yeah, it feels different spiritually speaking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and even the kind of people that like, maybe in the beginning when we became at Kashmir or people that would come to us were like already kind of already know this stuff. And now you're getting people that are going to readings because they're so tired of having this emotional thing that's keeping them down. So it's not even anymore about, I want to know about a past life or I want to know about a soul contract. Now it's totally shifted in the last year, year and a half where you're getting more people for readings that are really ready to understand this, these things that happened in their life to let go of them. 100%. People and are some of those up. things, yeah, and some of those things are, like, not easy. There, there, some of the scenarios are, like, really emotionally tough. And it might have taken them so many years to get there because it's hard to talk about. It's even hard to, like, when you're a reader, it's hard to even say it to the reader, let alone hear the reader, like, start responding to you. Like, they had to get there. And so we're getting to a yeah, place where the energy is permitting them to finally say, you know what, I want to let go. It did happen to me. It's like, I'm not going to deny it, but I'm ready to let go of it. That's the main thing. I'm ready. I'm ready. Because even from the moment you say I'm ready to getting a reading to actually taking the steps that help you get out of that energy or help you move in a different direction, that could, that sometimes can, it's a journey for a lot of people, depending on what you're going through. So I think it's also you know, I think we always talk about like, don't have expectations, release these ideas that you have in your head ahead of like how it needs to look or what, how it needs to go. It goes the same with your journey, your healing journey. I think a lot of people are like, well, I did all this healing. I'm done with it. It's like, well, it's not a linear path. It's not linear. And, and I think the moment we can fully comprehend that is a moment that we stop resisting moving in the right direction. Because when we say this is done, I'm not looking at it anymore. It's done. I'm looking the other way. It's, it's over. And it actually, you don't know if it's over. It's, it's like I always talk about in the podcast of like loving myself and fully accepting, going into this energy of like putting up boundaries and living my, my life and doing what I have to do. And it's hard. And I don't think I'll ever finish with that journey. It's something I, I look at and bring patience to every single day. Some days are easier. Some days aren't so easy. But I'm not going to be like, well, I just did a whole year of healing here. I'm done. I'm not done. And I think a lot of us are starting to realize that <laughs> yeah. more and more, right? Because it, it is, it's in layers, like we always talk about. And we're not always ready to see everything at the same time. We're not ready to see everything right then and there. And sometimes when we work through things, we digest that and then something else comes up. And then we digest that and something else comes up and it's like, okay, but you're working through it. And I think, I think it's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, it's hard, but we're here. This is why we're here. Right? I always talk about that at a soul level. We're here because we're working through things. Otherwise we wouldn't be here. Our soul wouldn't choose to be here. Yeah. I'm just thinking... I'm trying to think how, like, the things that I might have processed 
how, how did I f- know that I was done with it? Or how did I, like, because you, like you said, you can say I'm done with it, but you're not. I think it's when I forget to remember it. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> like when like yeah. three, two, three years pass, you go, oh, I, that's right. That used to really bother me. Oh, huh. Yeah. I would be careful with that though. Cause I, I'll, I'll say this for about myself, right? I think growing up, Lou, I don't know if I've told my story on one of the first, I think it was episode four or five. I don't remember of saying how we moved and there's a lot of trauma for me in that in like finding stability, I guess, internally. And I got depression, all those, all those great things. (laughs) Um, And it's been a journey getting out of that energy and even panic attacks and all that. But I think a pattern I have, and I've noticed it being here in Uruguay, I block things out so much. There are parts of my childhood I do not even remember existed. And it's not that there was anything, like if I, if I reason it out, it's like, it was, it was fine. It's okay. You know, there are things that were hard there, but what we think is traumatic in our head might not be traumatic in our body, vice versa. Like, what in my mind I, I think is, oh, it was nothing. Like, yeah, we moved in. It was fine. We were living here. We were doing that. In your emotional body, that might not be the case. For me, the moves were huge. They woke things up. And I think there's so much in loss, in losing people and relationships, in the pain of letting go that I find myself blocking parts of myself, even with my self-love journey, I've realized that. And it's, it's been a really interesting way. This has been happening the last couple of days. Interesting is coming up now where I'm like, wow, there's parts of me that I turned off, forgot even existed. And it's come back up. And I'm like, interesting. Why did I block that out? There's trauma, there's pain, there's fear, there's non-acceptance. So I think for some people, maybe that's the case, like you're saying, the moment you don't think about it much, but be careful with that because sometimes we will block things out. It's a trauma response. Yeah, it was... I mean, I think that the move the move is, isn't something that I consider that I'll, I'll ever process in this lifetime. <laughs> it's so interesting. Ever it? for me, ever. Um, I accept it. It happened. But... Uh, there's still a feeling inside of me for me. It was like, like <laughs> I still have the feeling like when you're going grabs onto you, it sucks you. You can't get out. Like, I still hate that about the country. Like <laughs> that's the thing I have with it. It's like, I feel like I, for me, that's part of, I think that's part of the trauma of the move. 100%. But, um, when I was talking about that, I was thinking about, for example, my, my divorce. Like, I'm just so, I'm, whatever I don't really care like I know that you maybe some people will be like no well there maybe you just think I actually I mean you you hear me talk you hear heard me when I was before I went through it during going through it while I was processing it and I I'm fine with it now and I think it's it was something that had to happen because it, it was just I don't know it was an experience for some reason I really 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 had had to have it had to happen 100%. But I think as long as you go through the grief of it, if you don't hold it in, if you process it, divorce is, is a loss. 
it doesn't matter if you wanted to get divorced or not. There's still a loss in it. It's like a part of you. And as long as we can grieve it, I think usually we can get out of it in a different way than somebody that's had a very traumatic upbringing. Yeah, when you're younger, it's like it's harder. The Things influence you go. so much yeah. growing up, especially like especially until the years like from zero to seven, even in the womb. I've talked about that on an episode here of like um, when you're in the womb, when you're conceived. We talk about, about that a lot in, in class and family consolations. Yeah, well, we, I remember talking about like the difference between a baby that was born naturally and C-section. That's yeah. already traumatic because the There's baby pulled that, out yeah. like before they're even ready or they decided it. Yeah. Oh, and not to even mention unborn, you know, not not for the unborn uh, child, but how that affects the family of like even just miscarriages, abortions, uh, even cases of children being born and dying not and shortly after, right? Or even years later, all that causes so much grief. It alters the entire energy of the family system, and of one. Like, especially if you're the mom or the brother or the father, whatever that is, it, it has profound effects. And it's not something that you can get over in a couple of months. For it, some people, maybe. itself, it's considered really traumatic for every, every single soul to yeah. the point where some souls will be like, I just need to be born to clear out this karma. And then I'm actually done. That's all I need. So like mm-hmm. some of those scenarios of like babies being born and maybe dying really rapidly after that, a lot of that is the soul's just clearing something out and all they needed is that one impactful, really hard experience. And also, of course, the other family members, it's from a soul level, must have agreed upon that because they're saying, yeah, come in and you can go and I need that lesson as well. There's something I need to learn from that or, you know, there's always something there. But for the soul that's being born, apparently that's the most traumatic experience it is is. it's um so the tiniest thing could have the most amazing and huge impact on our life not just talking about births or anything but something that we thought was so insignificant in our upbringing could cause huge trauma like even just the idea of like feeling like we had an emotionally unavailable parent for someone's like yeah she just didn't hug me or didn't kiss me or oh, wasn't please. really there emotionally. That for me is like, I, I I'm that like, has huge effects. That for me huge is effects. I'm, I remember like saying that to like Sandra once, I'm like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a hugger too much and I kiss her too much. And I'm constantly saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. I don't know how many times a day I tell her. And I'm like, that's the way I'm like treating her is the way I would have loved to have been brought up. Like I would have yeah. loved, like sometimes I'll lay her down the bed and I'll like, she'll shots for like a back rub. Or even if we're on the couch and she's watching a cartoon show for back rub, like, okay. I don't remember receiving any back rubs when I was little. I would have loved one. <laughs> the thing the thing is, like, how do we know we've healed it? It's because we're not still waiting for our mom or dad to give us that thing, right? We're not in that inner child, wounded inner child saying, still angry or upset, right? I'm, well, I'm no, just saying that thing. Maybe people... it from your partner. I, I'm like, Sandra, give me a foot rub. <laughs> Well, that can come from a different place. You might just like it, right? But I'm saying observe. This is just, you know, we're talking about healing and getting over things. Observe how you feel towards that issue. If you're still searching for things to have been different, if you could, like this this nostalgia of going back and changing things or things being different or still, or still mad or still angry or still upset, it's not healed. 
it's not healed. And a lot of times I do feel like people can heal things through having their own family. That doesn't fix everything though. I don't feel it does at least. It can help layers of it and we can heal it fully. We don't have to have a child to heal it. How we fully heal it is making sure that we've given that inner child, our, us, each of us individually, give that inner child what it didn't have or didn't get growing up from their parents. Because our parents always show up in the best way they can. They probably, it's understanding their story and it's not excusing behavior or, or asking for forgiveness. It's, this is the best way you could show up for me. I understand that. I, I accept that. And now I give myself what I need so that I can give that to my daughter or my son or my family or myself. Because that, if we don't do that other part of it, we can have a hundred kids or we can have a hundred partners and never really heal it. Right. It's, yeah. it's not easy. It's not easy for a lot of us, depending on how deep that wound is, it can take time. No. And we, we were talking about the layers, right? Think about that and think about the fact that everybody wants to like do past life regression because they, not because they want to heal something, but they want to like see what past lives they had or they're dying for the veil to be lifted so they can remember all these past lives. Think about that trauma just from this lifetime. <laughs> and oh now gosh, imagine yeah. for a moment the veil is lifted and you remember all the traumas from all the lifetimes. Oh, like no. there's a reason why we shouldn't remember. We are not ready to remember and we don't need to remember everything. Well, when we get to except from past lives. When we get to fifth, like when you ascend, then the the veil's lifted. There's no more. There's no more. Yeah, veil. but then we're prepared for that. Yeah, but which which means that you need to process whatever you have going on here. Gotta let go. I think asking yourself questions is a really good way to get there. We have a lot of that in our course, and I'm finding it really interesting. And exercises, like there's different exercises that you can do that I think feel really like highlight what's going on. And you're like, oh, I didn't even realize this is something I was feeling or a pattern or it's interesting. Some of the work that I'm doing with the, with the Patreon, right? I'm doing, I'm pu pouring more information about the family constellations and healing. And we're actually doing a call um, on the 21st where I'm going to guide people. It's going to be kind of like a group it's going to be like cathartic. That's the way I see it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where we all can like just talk about what I've been talking about for, it's been three months now. I've been talking about these, these systemic principles and, um, and everybody to share their experiences and then do a couple of exercises about some of these principles that we've been talking about. I think it's what we're, we need, all need to do. And in, in, in any case, right. It's like, there's still stuff we always need to let go and heal and it, you work through it slowly without pressure, being patient, loving yourself through it. Yeah. Yeah. And we went like off topic from what we were talking about. Yeah, we were talking about, well, I mean, if you think about it, it still kind of goes into the department of mental or subject of mental health because it is your mental yeah. health. Yeah. And it's going to affect, like we, and we also talked about how a lot of, a lot of people are going to be needed in the future to help processing well you need to process your own things to be able to be more present and be a better i don't know what to call it because it's so broad it's like uh, he, not just, just to healer assist. To, just yeah, assist. to assist in whatever to, way to accompany people to be there to hold space for them 
because yeah. if we're not, it, it doesn't mean you have to be fully healed. And we always say that it's, but you're working through those things. You're, you're, you're catching your triggers. You're seeing your patterns. You're seeing what comes up. You're doing whatever it is that you need to, especially if you are a healer, that things are being reflected back to you constantly. You're getting triggered. You're feeling things. And then that's where it's our responsibility to be like, this thing here, mm, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to bring this over here. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to get help. You know, I go to therapy, I do other things like, and I know I have to do that, not only for myself, but for others. And with the Kestrick records, it's really, I really like it because if you're responsible and that you're, you're processing your own things and getting rid of, but you can still be going through a moment in life where something's flaring mm. up or something's showing up yeah. and you need, I mean, the example we always give is when I was going through my, my divorce, even before I decided to leave Cayman and just leave the whole relationship, I was feeling I think, I guess I was feeling alone also, but then I kept getting all these women coming to me that were all trying to make the decision to either, either they were leaving, trying to, they were asking about leaving the island Mm -hmm. or they were coming to me because they were asking about leaving, leaving the relationship and getting divorced. And it kept on coming every weekend. I had someone with one of those two scenarios or both. You know, and um, because I was working Monday to Friday, but then weekends I was doing these readings, right? And um, it helped me. Like, I would listen to the advice they would give the people, and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm gonna, yeah, I I don't feel so bad about that anymore. And also, I didn't realize that I wasn't alone, that there was a lot of women going through the same thing as me. And so, sometimes doing doing the therapeutical process of being a healer or a therapist or an assister or whatever, holding space for people it actually helps you reflect back your, like you said, reflect back to yourself and heal things that you have pending as well. Or you're in the middle of that storm and it's like the light at the end of the tunnel. be like, oh my God, you're not alone, but also it's okay. And it happens to everybody. <laughs> yeah. And I think it, it, it's showing you what you're working on, what you're going through. And it sometimes give you, gives you other perspectives and it sometimes it makes you feel less alone which is really nice sometimes because we do feel alone. A lot of us in this community, um, or not even the community, just the podcast, they'll reach out and be like, I feel alone. Like I'm, I'm, I don't have anybody to talk to, you know? And I think all of us somehow it's at moments, it could be ups and downs. You can feel that loneliness and it's like the universe nudging. Like you're not alone. You're not the only person going through this and it's going to be okay. Because if this person's dealing with it, you can too. You have that strength to do that. I think energetically that happens to me quite a lot. <laughs> like quite a lot. Like now it's, now where like I'm going through something part. or feeling something. Yeah, yeah, and then you're getting that person. That was happening to me much more. Now it's more like I'm getting a lot of um, like starseed readings, a lot of people that are ready to hear more about the galactic part. And it's really interesting. So now it's, I guess I'm, I'm on a, I'm a path to like, learn more about my, my multidimensional self. And I'm learning a lot from other people's reading. I'm like, wow, that's really, that's really interesting. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. It's exciting. It's a constant journey. I think remind yourself of that because otherwise you're going to feel like you're failing or that you're not doing enough or that you're, you get into this perfectionist energy. Healing is something we're going to go through our entire life. I remember also when I was processing a lot of like issues I had with my upbringing and mom, I had a lot of people with issues with their moms, a lot. And I mm-hmm. was like, cause I was always thinking like, oh, come on, like why, 
why am I going through this? Or like, and you keep looking around and everybody's life, you're like, everyone looks like they have a great relationship with their mom. Like, oh, and then I started getting these That's readings. I'm true, like, though. oh, yeah. wow. People, a lot of people have a lot of really, it's always, it's really with the mom a lot of the time. Uh, the mother, this I was just gonna say that that's why I'm gonna talk about that on the Patreon. I have my January Patreon video <laughs> that I'm doing, and the mother wound is something that is the bi- that is the biggest thing, especially for women, for for the feminine energy. Our mom plays a huge role in who we become. So I'm gonna be talking a little bit about that on the Patreon. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit of a potpourri. Um, Do you have any advice? For like people, for the mother, yeah, that you're like me. I'm a mom to a to Aurora. W- what are things that you think maybe that we can take into consideration or know that will help us have them have less wounds? Besides us processing our stuff, I think yeah, I think we should do a whole episode on that and maybe talk through personal experiences. But I think it it starts with our relationship with our mom. For us to be able to show up for our children. And, and I think a lot of things are at play here. I think we could talk about different aspects of it. And there's different like spheres that we're in at different moments in our life. For example, for women and for men, the same thing. From zero to seven, we're in the, the maternal sphere. And then, and then we move into our paternal. It kind of switches off. And men end up in the, the paternal. And women from 14 over... I think it was 14. I don't remember the exact age. I think it's around 14. The women go, go back to the maternal energy. So the woman stays, the, the girls stay with the mother and the boys stay with the father because the father shows them the way of how to move forward to get more into that masculine energy. And the woman connects with a mother. So the girls connect with their mom and shows them literally who they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Not only as a mom, but as a person, values. So basically, we need a really always... good place at fourteen when they're at fourteen because we need to show them that you don't have to take shit, that you can have a good life, that you could be happy. And not only that, it's it's the age where we're usually the menstruation shows yeah. up. We're going through lots of bodily changes, hormonal things. So we, but it doesn't always work out that way. Some, depending on our family dynamics, a lot of times, you know, maybe you you just have a father. Yeah. Or maybe you just have a mother. So you never went, you never had that father figure, at least not physically in that sense. So we can, we can definitely do a whole episode about that and talk about our own personal experiences. But I would just say, look at your relationship with your mom. Let's say that your mom wasn't around or you're adopted. If you're adopted, I would say, great, you have an adoptive mom, but you also have to recognize your biological mom always recognize it doesn't mean you have to go visit them or talk to them but recognize that there was somebody that gave birth to you and acknowledge that 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 person is part of your family it's part of the family system there's also there's energetic work we can do around that obviously and then i would say look at what gets you triggered what triggers you from your mom uh, what is the wound? How long do we what have? What is the pain? <laughs> and I would say, no, well, we can, yeah, I'm, that's kid, what I'm, I'm kidding. I think, I'm kidding. I think, I do think we should do a whole episode on this. I would love that. Um, I could even do it on my own, but it'd be cool if you were here. Uh, I would say also with the mother wound, just little things to think about is like, you know, I think we, we were talking a little bit about it before. It's a, it's the inner child wounding. How do we know that we still have things pending? when we still unconsciously are tied to like, I wish it had been different or you're still mad or you're still angry. And sometimes, like you said, we can, 
we can get into our head and be like, oh, I'm fine. It's fine. It's yeah, my relationship, it was okay. It was fine. It's like, was it really though? Be honest with yourself. Were the things that really made you upset? Were the things that really affected you? And the more honest you can be and the more real you can be with yourself, you can realize if you're still in that inner child wounding that's still expecting her mom to show up in a different way. And this goes for guys too, right? Like this is masculine and, and feminine. The mother wounds everything. I would say, I think we have more women that listen to this podcast. So I would say even the women focus on that as part of your healing, because I think I'm firsthand seeing some of that stuff now that I'm doing this course and understanding that energy around it of how she sometimes triggers me in really interesting ways for lack of a better word. And it's like, wow. And I can see her wounding, but I don't take that on. You know, it, it's, it's, I think it's also getting to that okay, compassion energy. Can I ask you a question though? Like I understand that you see her wounding and I also understand, and this goes for everybody that's listening, right? You can see the wounding that's your mom, what makes her tick and what makes her who she is and why she reacts. Um, and that might give you some triggers that you need to process and that's great. But let's say that you really did clear it all out. Does that mean that when you see that it should not bother you even at all? I don't, I don't feel that it shouldn't bother you at all. You can, you can, you can detect the trigger and not allow, you don't have to react to it. And the moment that trigger comes up, because like I said, this is all layers. Things will come up, even though we've, we've done the healing, it's still, oh, my dad pissed me off or my mom pissed me off or my mom said this, but we're not expecting them to change. It's, for example, uh, my mom always says this thing to me right? She's always criticizing me because maybe her mom criticized her. So before, when she criticized you, before you did the healing and the inner work and you expected her to show up in a different way, you were angry that she didn't support you. It didn't say nice things to you. And, and all of a sudden it's like, you've processed that and she's still criticizing you, but you don't react to it. You know, you don't take it personal. You understand that it's coming from her own wounding. Maybe you put up more boundaries, Maybe you don't hang around your mom as much because you feel like it does still bother you, but you understand where it's coming from. It's a process. Like I said, it's not going to go from one day to the next. that All of a sudden the triggers are gone, but eventually those triggers won't affect you. And you allowing her to live her life and you processing your own emotions and not expecting her to change automatically shifts things within the relationship. So she might not criticize you anymore. It might just happen. It happens all the time with people that are healing. It's like the relationship just kind of shifted. It changed. It's not the same anymore. I don't know. She's just not saying those things to me anymore or this thing isn't happening anymore because the person was triggering you because it was something you had to heal inside of yourself. It's, it's, it can go different ways, right? The trigger might still be there, but it doesn't affect you in the same way. It's, it, I wouldn't call it a trigger anymore. It would be like maybe like an annoyance. It just annoys you. It's funny because in our scenario, and and I'm saying it because it's probably a lot of people that are having this. In our scenario, I can see the complaints that she gave us about her mother. I can I we I have a similar to the same complaints about her. It's like she had that, and then so she kind of tells us about how lucky we are that we don't have it. But she's giving it to us in a different way, maybe a downgraded way. But we're having some 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 similarity to what her mom did. And so then I, I remember when Aurora was when I said, I'm not giving her any of this. I'm not, this is no, this, it ends with me. I remember thinking that. Yeah. And I think that's the issue we talk a lot about 
with family constellations, it's the unconscious holding on to unconscious stuff, right? So we think we're not repeating it, but we're repeating it in a different way. Sometimes in a more downgraded way, it's not so evident or it's not so obvious, but we're still, we still carry it because it was ultimately she might talk about her mom in a way because it hurt her. It was painful. No, of she course. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So then in some way it might be painful for you to exper- have experienced or painful for me to have experienced it the way we did with her. But you don't know. I don't know. Aurora, everybody perceives things differently. Maybe what Aurora needs is different. And then you're showing up for her in that way and it's still triggering her. And she's still feeling the same thing, but in a different way. You don't know that, right? This is where awareness, I think when we are aware of how we're showing up and why we're showing up a certain way and that we're actually doing it from a conscious state is crucial. Because we all do things that are unconscious, all of us. We don't, no one escapes that. We're not always conscious of everything. It's impossible. And a lot of things, it's, it's, we, we say we're not going to repeat it. I'm not, I'm not talking about you, but I'm saying in general, a lot of times you say, I'm definitely not repeating that. And you, you think you're conscious of it. And all of a sudden, five years go by, you're like, oh my God, I was in this relationship or, oh my God, I re- I did this thing. I, how did I get myself there? How many of us do that? Like all of us have done that hmm. at some point. Because it's so unconscious and we're holding on to pain that's probably not even ours. It's something we're repeating for somebody else without even There's really realizing. There's so much unconscious. Uh, what's it called? The, the subconscious, action. the unconscious is no, no, like... No, no, the subconscious, like, not reactions, but actions. Like, what would you call them? I don't know. Like, the the way someone just... It's like a wall. Like As soon mm-hmm. as a scenario plays out or certain words are said, it's like, boom, there goes that wall. It's like, just... It's not a protective wall, but it's like, okay... That's when that subconscious acting comes out on this, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I see a the, lot of the that. The subconscious or unconscious is, is, oh my gosh, like, it has, it's so deep. It has so many levels. It's, it's fascinating. It reminds me of what, like, those memes you see on, on TikTok and Instagram where it's like, the person's like, today I'm going to enjoy myself and I'm going to self-care. I'm going to love myself. And the person will, like, pop out, like, being anxiety remembering something embarrassing in your life. Like, it's like, no, I'm not going to leave you alone today. Your mind's like, yeah, no, let's, okay, you're going to be alone today. Let's attack you. I I see those memes and I think it's hilarious because it's like, that's, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think we could do a whole episode on the mother wound. I can put that together and, and, and maybe bring some advice and maybe we can even do a little energetic exercise on the podcast. I think that'd be kind of cool. So people can also get a feel for what we're doing on the Patreon or what I'm doing on the Patreon um, and doing kind of like group calls and stuff, which I, th- I think is really beneficial also to not feel alone. And I think a lot of people are going through similar things and it's interesting to also see other people's experiences because I think that could wake us up to our own patterns sometimes without even realizing it. But, um, yeah, I think, I think it's interesting. The mother wounds really, or just our relationship with our mom in itself is, it's something I'm trying to understand more and more within myself. And I need to keep going deeper because I realize that's, that's brought up, a lot of things for me personally in my healing journey, for sure. And it's still coming up. I'm still triggered. I'm still feeling so much, you know? I think it's interesting. <laughs> I was in your point and I was like, I'm out. 
<laughs> I need another five years for rest later. before I come back again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, your relationship, I mean, that's stuff I'm looking at too. Your relationship with them is very different. And we were actually, I was studying yesterday, their siblings and like fraternal relationships because it's really interesting uh, concept too. We could it, talk about yeah. that. I, I, what, I wanted to say two. Wait, now that you're talking about siblings, I want to say two things. I know we've been like going on for a while already, but I want yeah, to say we should two wrap things. up soon. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. Have you seen that show? Um, something with the stars. What was it with the, with the astrologers? I forgot the name already. Oh, you talked about that. I talked yeah, about no, the Patreon. I, I think it was. Yeah, on the um, Patreon. It was on the Patreon. So there's a show that um, these astrologers written get, in the stars or written something? in the stars, written in the stars. So these astrologers get together with people's charts and pair people up, right? Um, depending on their, their charts. And I kept seeing that they kept matching. This is for a partnership, of course, but I thought it was interesting. They kept pa- partnering up Sagittarius with Taurus, Lorena. That's me and you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I thought, that's Why? interesting. Like, my, I, I've never... That's like the worst combination for partners. Maybe siblings, okay, but... Well, I, I saw it in more than one... In part- my opinion. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, they didn't work out, none of them, but... <laughs> Just compare us, Exactly. Sagittarius is about getting out there and traveling but, and, and but being someone, free. But someone, a Sagittarius needs to be slowed down to, and a Taurus maybe needs to be picked up. That depends on the people that get into that relationship, because then if the Taurus is very stuck in its ways and the Sagittarius doesn't want to let go of certain things and ground, you're, it's, it, it won't work. I'll see you later. <laughs> Yeah, it's fire. So and says earth. the Sagittarius. I mean, it could work. I mean, I'm sure if there's any of you that are in a Sagittarius Taurus relationship, tell us how that is. But I've experienced that. Not good. Mm-mm. You've been Sagittarius? Yeah. I've never been with Taurus. So I don't know. We're awesome. We're the best. I disagree. I highly disagree. <laughs> Excuse you. I also think that, I also think that Sagittarius is the worst per- partnership ever for like anybody. We're uh, we're very special people, and all it's, even Sanders sometimes will be like, "You don't have to be honest, brutally honest all the time." I'm like, I just, it, I mean, would you want me There's to? There's other you? signs that are like that too. Wait, but it depends on. I would I would say you. I wouldn't just take the sun sign. I would take. I would take I have, into consideration I the, the majority. Actually, the I have the majority of my um, planets. More than half of my planets are in Capricorn. Yeah, mine are mine are mostly in Taurus. Oh, and then after a lot, and then a lot of Taurus, and then and then I have Scorpio. I have some other stuff, but it's mostly Earth. I have Earth and a little bit of um, was Scorpio Earth with water Scorpio again. Scorpio, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is water. Yeah. Well, I'm Sagittarius, and Cinder is Scorpio. Mm-hmm. So it does not mean that, like, fire, water turns it off a little bit there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's you so- have to see your whole natal chart, right? Because yeah. you, can, you can get all of the elements from all of the planets and all, all of that, and you can see where most of the elements in your chart are. Mine are, like... A lot, Earth, a lot. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think that. What else were you going to say? You said two things. Oh, so that. Wait, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, you were talking about the dynamics of like your what you're learning, right? And the dynamics of siblings. What I remember the most about us being a sibling is, even though I was the youngest, I always acted like the oldest in a lot of a lot. Like I was Everybody the still first thinks you're the one oldest. to do that. 
Yeah. I was always the first one to do things. I was always the first one to try things. I would always come and tell you and help you out so you can do it too. And you I taught remember- me how to swim. Go underwater, hold my nose. Yeah, I remember. How did that. I learn? And you didn't learn. I was scared, and you were like, "No, Lorena, it's really easy. All you have to do is just pinch your nose." And you kept telling me to look underwater. The next day, I had pink eye. Oh, I couldn't sorry, open I my eyes that. for a week. Oh, it was I, I still open my eyes under the ocean, under chlorine, everything. I open my there eyes. There must have been something in that pool because I had pink eye for a week. Was this the public pool that we used to go to? Yeah. Yeah. Kids yeah. poopied in it, Lorena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hence the pink eye. But, I uh, was not happy. I guess I was I'm lucky then. Um, but so like, I, I, I can even remember once like when you had a boyfriend and there was this whole scenario of like, are you allowed to sleep? And I was like, it's settled. It's blah, 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 blah. Everything that has to happen already happened. Forget about it. Don't even worry about it. Leave her alone. And I was always standing up for you. Like, Always. Like, I remember that. Yeah, there's this one time that we all wanted to go to this party. It was like a kind of like a rave dance party in in Montevideo, which was two hours away from where we lived. And you were at your boyfriend's house and I was here and I was like, Mom, we want to go to this thing. Mom's like, no way. You're not going. You, You both are not going. And I called you and I said, Lucia, Mom says, no. She's like, Pack your bag. We're going. <laughs> like, oh my what? god, I feel so bad for mama. I was like, "Are you sure?" I would hate that. Like, Aurora I'll did handle that to it me. when I get home. I was like, "Okay." Are you You're serious? Like, How do yeah, you do it? Yeah, you told it? mom to shut up. You told her to <gasps> shut up, and you said we were going, That's and she was so driving us to the bad. bus. Yes. Oh, I feel I so bad. Remember that? I felt. I was like, I felt bad, but at the same time, I was like, "Well, at least we're going." I she had said no to me. I remember doing that. That's awful. I would hate. I, I this would is hate what I'm talking about. That. We block things out. Yeah, because I didn't give a shit. It's a thing. <laughs> Not because I was traumatized, because I just didn't care. I remember that day. I was like, whoa, how did she do that? I was like, okay, mom, I'll respect you. Like, I, I always. I was always I was the, the I, was the, like, I was the worst. Aurora has some of what I have, by the way. She stands up. Good she luck. Up. Yeah. <laughs> like I remember when mom once put me in the room, like punishment. My room had a VCR, a TV, a radio, a, a phone. Like I had everything. Wait, at the time the VCR was amazing. It was it was the, the thing to have. I had everything, and I like went oh. I have to spend time in my room away from you. Oh, heaven. Thank you. <laughs> I was so mean. I was so mean. You were so pretty mean. rebellious. I, yeah, you were I, pretty rebellious. I know. I feel so bad now. Like, it was so mean. Like, I remember those moments going, oh, how did I not feel bad saying that? That's awful. Maybe you can just bring some compassion into that, right? What do you mean? To be like compassion to what you put her through. And understand that she just showed up the best way she could. That that could help some healing. No, no, but my trauma with mom was before I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's but, not from but when I was a obviously that that later on comes out in different ways: rebellion, anger, frustration, all those things. So depends. Awful. I I feel awful these days. Like I I mean, when I remember that now being a mom, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that to her. You were a terror. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even realize how bad it was what I did if I didn't have a child. Yeah. I only yeah, realize because I have sure. a child now and I worry about her. A lot her of people say that, that once they have kids, they realize, wow, what being a mom really is like because it's not easy. It's not easy. 
Mm-hmm. Your face, he says it all. No, all right, I think we're going to wrap up because yes, we're been over an hour now. And we were going to do two episodes, but I think we're just going to do one today. On top of the fact um, that we had 30 minutes of technical issues. Yeah. Mercury retrograde. Anyway, um, obviously all the links will be in the show notes as always. Make sure you check them out. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do. And you can pretty much subscribe anywhere if it's Apple Podcasts. Google, Spotify, we're on all the platforms. So make sure you you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We come out every Monday with new ones. And obviously, if you want to check out our Patreon, we'll have that link below too. And we're doing a lot of calls, a lot of group stuff. We're doing a lot of really interesting... We switched it up a bit in the last couple of months. So it feels kind of nice to have new ways of interacting with our, our community, which is always really nice. So make sure to check that out if you want. Even just come on for a month and say hi and check out some of our content. That's always nice to see new people come on board. And you get to see all the content that we posted up to this point, which is a lot because we've been on there for a while. (laughs) How long have we been there? Good luck getting through it all. (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, And then after that, I don't think there's anything else. Yeah, obviously follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all that. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you.